You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 156. I always recommend that if something happens to you, it is what it is. You can't change maybe the situation that it is, but you can always change what's going on in the future. So if you get beat up, get right back up and keep on going at it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of Wholesaling Inc. We are going to hold our guests' feet to the fire today. We have an amazing guest. This is the No Fluff, No BS Zone. We're going to hold their feet to the fire and force them to give us all of the exact step-by-step actions that they took in order to make money. Our guest today is David Pupo from Orlando, Florida. He is an awesome guy, a tribe member of Rhino. He's, uh, I'm doing the Rhino salute right now. It's awesome. I don't know if our listeners know the Rhino salute yet, but it's an awesome little salute we have for this whole tribe. And I want to let you know that we are going to hold his feet to the fire and we are going to get him to answer some questions about how he did 14 deals, wholesaling deals in 2017 in Orlando, Florida. If you don't know what wholesaling is, wholesaling is the art of consistently locating discounted real estate in your community. It is by far the number one way to make an absolute fortune in the shortest amount of time, no questions asked other than winning the lottery. So without further ado, let's get started. David, can you hear me okay? can hear you great, Tom. It's good to have you on the podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm honored to have you on. It's going to be a blast. Are you ready to uh, share some good information with us? Yeah, let's get to it. All right. So so before we get started, uh, just tell us briefly a little bit more about yourself. Who are you? How did you get started in real estate investing and wholesaling? What does all that look like? Sure, sure. So as you mentioned, name's David Pupo. I've lived here in Orlando now about nine years. I went over to the local university over here, UCF. Go Knights. Go Knights. After that, I decided to stay up here in Orlando after I graduated. I took a corporate job. I did a corporate recruiting for accountants, engineers, you name it, any kind of technical skill set. And I did that for about a year and a half and did not like it at all. I was putting in the craziest hours for very little return on it. And so uh, I had some family members that did real estate over in South Florida. And I decided to kind of stumble my way into the real estate investing world. And I was introduced to wholesaling. And I decided that I liked it so much that I saved up about three months of expenses and quit my corporate job and jumped right into the fire and decided to do wholesaling full time. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about that because I I know there are people who are listening. So before we deep dive into your deals and how you did them, what I really want to know is you had a corporate job. Can we kind of get personal here for a second? Can I ask you some like pretty uh, in-depth questions? Please do. Let's do it. How much were you making a year at your corporate job? Made sixty thousand the year and a half. I, I hear there. you, man. I was at fifty-five. I, I getting fired was the best thing ever. So, how much money did you save when you say you saved up for three months, or did you save up like three months worth of expenses? What did that look like? Three months worth of expenses. Luckily enough, you know, I was a fresh out of 
out of college kind of student. So my expenses were pretty low. I only saved about $6,000. Awesome. And I just came like a bull out of the cage, man. I just ran for it. That's, I love it. So did you quit or were you fired or I guess you quit then, right? I quit. Yep. Okay. And what was it exactly that you were doing? Uh, corporate recruiting. So I would help out companies with finding very specific skill sets. So say if a company needed a mechanical engineer that had a certain amount of experience in a, in a software program and um, a certain skill set, I would go out and venture and find these people who had to fit, you know, an exact criteria of what they wanted. Got it. Okay. So you were in corporate recruiting, you saved up 6K and how long did you save up that 6,000? That took me uh, about two months to save up for three months. In that time, did you do anything with real estate or were you just kind of like in savings mode and then ready to leap out of the gate? So I started doing the wholesaling stuff part time and with how much attention my, my main job did and I had no idea on how to balance the two. I was trying to do the wholesaling, but was failing miserably at doing yes. it. And the reason I'm deep diving this a little bit, David, is because this is such a common theme and it rings true with myself personally. My brother, Todd Toback, used to call me up and he said, get in the wholesaling, get in the wholesaling. But I was making $55,000 a year and I tried and I was like, eh, not going to work. And it just didn't work out. I never did a deal until I got fired, which thank God, knock on wood, was the best thing that ever happened to me. But I love the fact that we're talking about this because I want people to hear you can, and we have people all the time who do do deals when they have a job, but it is so much more, what is the word I'm looking for? Pressing to do a deal when you don't have a job. It is so much more important to do a deal because you don't have those golden handcuffs of the salary. So if you don't have a deal, you're not going to eat. So all of a sudden, when you get fired or you don't have that income, it's miraculous, but you start doing deals. So I'm always encouraging everybody, get fired or quit as soon as you can, because that's what's really going to be the, the trigger that you need. And I know a lot of people disagree with that. And they say, Tom, how could you say that? You know, people need to save. And then, no, I disagree. I think that uh, getting fired or losing your job or quitting or whatever it is, I think is absolutely the best. I think rock bottom is a firm foundation. Rock bottom is a firm foundation. I really believe that. And I've seen it in this tribe and in my own life personally. So I'm glad we took a minute to kind of deep dive that. So let me ask you this question. Now you saved $6,000, right? And now I know you had a successful year. You did 14 deals in Orlando last year, which was now, I don't want to date the podcast because all my, my team always says, don't date the podcast. But let's just say <laughs> that was 2017, correct? Yep. Okay. Correct. So now I just want to be specific about this because $6,000 is not really a lot of money. What did you do with that money as soon as you did quit? What did you do with that money specifically? So you have 6K, which is not a whole bunch of money. You need to live on it. Tell me about your first deal. What was your first deal? How long did it take? Where did that money go? How much of it went where? What did that look like when you left corporate? Sure. So I wanted to touch base quickly on what you were talking about. And I think the best way to talk about it, Tom, is saying that I just removed a safety net. You have those golden handcuffs, you have a safety net. But once I came up to the conclusion that if I don't do this, then I'm not eating or I'm not paying rent or I'm not paying bills, I just went crazy on it. And that's kind of how I led into my first deal. What I started doing was just calling on Zillow properties. I started trying to just think of any kind of free marketing methods I could. It was going around doing driving for dollars. It was knocking on doors. It was putting up letters on doors to find properties. 
You're exactly right. So it's like the guy who is, you know, I have to lose weight. I have to lose weight for 40 years, has his first heart attack, all of a sudden becomes a vegan, right? Or the smoker who gets a bad diagnosis with their lungs, all of a sudden has the willpower to quit. And I think Mm -hmm. that when you actually do lose your job, you get fired or quit. I think it gives you that little spark and it is what it is. I just have seen it so many times. I, I couldn't agree more with you. So yeah. So what did that look like? You lose a safety net rock bottom, you know, you're starting out. Tell me about that journey. Oh, by the way, I do want to say, if you are a tribe member and you're interested in what David is talking about, if you go into the forum, go into myrhinotribe.com, if you go there and ask one of the support team members for all of the free ways to find motivated sellers, there's a document that he will give you or she will give you One of our team members will give you that will go over all of the free ways to find motivated sellers or the extremely, extremely inexpensive ways to do that. Okay, so go ahead. So you're like, I want to do anything to find a motivated seller for free. And what did that look like? That was hitting the streets. One of the best ways, you know, over researching, reading, podcasts, any kind of mode that you digest information. One of the ways that I came to a common theme of getting, you know, a motivated seller or a property under contract in a in the cheapest way possible was hitting the streets, taking pictures of houses, sending them letters, putting up letters on their doors. If I thought even if they were even home, you know, I would knock on doors and see if people were interested in selling their houses. Awesome. Okay. So that is really incredible. I love that kind of grit and determination and scrappiness. So you started doing deals by just basically, I get it. It's a mixed bag of just a ton of hard work and grittiness. How did you do the majority of your 14 deals? Was that like PPC, Facebook ads, driving for dollars, direct mail? You know, what did that look like? Sure. So from last year, a majority of them actually came from direct mail, Uh, definitely from direct mail. Okay. And when did you join the tribe? I joined in January of 2017. Oh, you did? Okay. What I want to get to is what was your best list or did you find something before you joined that was super effective or was it a specific list or what was it that, what was the one that really had the highest ROI for you guys in Orlando? The one that I had the most overall results with was tax delinquencies. But some of the the deals that I found out to be more gut-wrenching and found the most motivation were on some of the eviction ones, actually. Yes. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. This is a list that does not get enough attention really for one reason, which is it is a pain in the hiney to to pull. <laughs> and um, I mean, well, I know it was Florida, so I, you're in Orlando, so I'd imagine. So, yep. so here's the deal. First of all, just for everybody who's listening, if they're brand new and they don't know what it is, what is the eviction list? I mean, it sounds obvious, but just to double check, what is the eviction list? Sure. So let's just say that landlord has, uh, you know, a certain amount of properties. And then on one of the properties, the tenants are not paying him. They're just destroying the house. They're not doing anything that they're supposed to in their contract. And the landlord has no other result except to put in an eviction notice. Um, And that's something that is filed publicly with whatever county or city that they're in. Okay, perfect. So unhappy, motivated, tired landlord with an angry, upset, not willing to move, not paying rent. Tenant, I love it. Super hot list. And where did you find that list? Yeah. So this one was through the Orange County. Uh, so that's the county that Orlando's in. I, I got that actually through the website. It's it's something that's readily available uh, okay. for Orange County. Okay. So, and so you went to just the had my virtual assistant just, just filter out and just make sure that we were focusing only on residential properties. You guys, this is so key. Now, I will tell you, it's they're not always online, 
But if you go to the county or the city, the municipality, the township or whatever you know state that you live in, just keep in mind this can be a very difficult list to get. Sometimes you have to pull each one manually and you're limited per day to how many you can pull. But here's what I would suggest. Keep going back. Keep trying. This list, each deal could be worth thousands and thousands of dollars. So when you have, especially an out-of-state, unhappy homeowner who's renting out their home and they're having a major problem with that tenant, that person wants to stay focused on their life. They don't worry about the house. They want to get rid of it as fast as possible. So awesome. Eviction yeah. list. Very, very cool. That I, I, I didn't know you were going to say that. That's awesome. What I was going to tell you, Tom, is that I do my wholesaling in Orange County and in Seminole County, which is just north of it. Okay. And the Seminole County one is nowhere near as easy as it is in Orange County. Okay. What we have talked about is that number, the magic number five of being denied or being pointed to another direction. And that one took exactly its case over in Seminole County. And that's another one that I, that I do. 100%, you know, that is comes from Jack Bosch, who has a, teaches a land course. So I don't want to take any credit for that. It's something that we teach, but it is the power of five. And basically what it means is when you go to ask the county or whoever for that list, they will tell you no. Five different people will tell you no five different times that that list does not exist. And then all of a sudden, you'll get the right person. They'll say, oh, yeah, it's right here. No problem. Here we go. So awesome. I love it. That stick to Very, very cool. And actually, you are just right now, you were telling me before we got started, you're actually doing a land deal, right? Yeah, yeah, I sure am. Yep. Did you take Jack's course or whose course did you take or how did you figure out how to do that? You know what, man? This one was um, a byproduct of my tax delinquent list, actually. Yeah, and I just, I know that there, I've, I've heard other people uh, make pretty profitable deals off of land. And so I approached it with an open mind and just, I saw the the numbers behind it and I was like, yeah, let's let's get this one going. So vacant land, it was, it's just vacant, like a lot, like a buildable lot. Yeah. And, yeah. and how did you, it was through the tax delinquent list. So you sent them mail. So the, the land owner called you back. And mm-hmm. what was that conversation like? That one was actually a pretty funny one. I sent them a postcard and they gave me a call back. They said, actually, hey, you sent me a postcard about this house, but I'm actually interested in selling this house. I actually might have something that you might be interested in. I was like, well, what other properties do you guys own? And they go, well, we actually have this vacant land over here in uh, the city is called Apka. And, <laughs> and I go, okay. And, and she goes, honestly, I have no idea what to do with it. It was bestowed to me years ago for my family. I just do the maintenance for it. And I just want to get rid of it. That's awesome. You can't ask for more motivation than that. That is phenomenal. I love it. So how did you figure out how much to pay for it? How much did you pay for it? And what are you looking to make on it? Tell us a little bit more about it. Sure. So I typically, once we get into, you know, talking about negotiations with price, I, I used to get a little bit more excited and I'm a little bit more focused. Right. And I got to say this one, it was, uh, it was a pretty funny one because she goes, you know what? Just give me three grand for it. And I was like, okay, wow, that sounds good. So I met her. I met her actually at the lot. I, I walked it and I looked around and I drove around the community and I was like, yeah, so let's get this going. So I put the property under contract for three grand. That is uh, phenomenal. And what do you think the property is worth? There's been a couple of houses that were built in that area and the houses are selling for 170 in that area. Wow. Okay. Are you going to try to lease that land to a homeowner to build on or what is the exit strategy? Sure. So the exit strategy is to be able to sell this over to an investor or a builder who can go in there and build for a minimum cost and 
they'll make more than a lot of flippers will on, on that small of a deal, but awesome. they know how to build at those price points. I love it. That's a smoking hot game plan. A lot of times, and we're going a little fast here, so I just want our listeners to hear this. So a lot of times, and one thing that Jack Bosch teaches and other people who teach how to wholesale land, what they'll teach is instead of just selling the land, what you could do is lease it. So for instance, you can, if you buy it for a super cheap price, like 3000 and I, I don't want to like, um, this isn't a coaching session, but one thing I would say is just a suggestion is when a seller throws out a price of, oh, hey, what about 3000 I always suggest making a lower offer. So just say, well, you know, I could do 2900 but that's absolutely the most that I could do. The reason you do that is because sometimes you could walk into a situation where there's seller's remorse. It's like, for instance, if you're selling a car and I put a minivan, let's just say, and it's, I say, well, it's for $8,000. And all of a sudden, the next day, somebody like drives to my house and says, I'll pay 8000 right this second. The problem is I will feel like I probably should have asked for more. And that yeah. sometimes could kill the deal. So I always would suggest that when a seller gives you a price, always, 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 100% of the time, offer a lower amount, even if that number is what you're willing to pay, even if it's just by a fraction to say, well, 2,900 is really the most because you don't want the seller to have buyer's remorse. But um, with that said, the way you can exit a land deal is you can sell it for a profit and then for a residual income. So you could say, well, I will sell you this piece of land for let's just say there's a neighbor next door and he wants to increase the size of his yard. So you can knock on the neighbor's door and you can say, I own this piece of land. I'm willing to sell it to you. Give me $3,500 down and you know, $50 a month for the next X amount of years. And what you've just done is created a residual income. It doesn't sound like a lot, but you make money up front and then those little tiny payments do add up significantly for sure. I know that for a fact from the people who teach it, they do add up relatively quickly. The other thing about land that I like is that not a lot of people do it. So it's it's kind of kind of just out there waiting for you, if that makes sense. But that's awesome, man. I, I, you got to keep us posted on that deal because yeah. that is... Uh, so let me ask you more about the houses. Now, you did 14 sure. deals. That's pretty consistent or that's a lot of deals for somebody who's new. So what did that look like as far as your mailing, how much mail were you sending out? Was that like, did you get lucky and you did like eight houses all at once? Or what was your sequence like? How, what lists and how often and how much mail to produce all those deals? Uh, sure. So on average, I would say I would be sending out a, a mail campaign uh, every week and averaging, you know, it depends on what the list is, of course, Tom. Sure. Um, sure. You know, so, sometimes with like, uh, if we do say a probate list, there's not going to be a whole bunch of people on there. Okay. But I typically like to average about a thousand mailers going out every week. Awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, guys, that's the key is that rain or shine every single week, having those things go out, the consistency is what produces the consistency. If I want to know what you're going to do this month, I just have to know what you mailed for the past 90 days and I'll know how much you're going to make this month. So I totally, totally agree. That's the key. So that your secret was a thousand postcards per week, every week from multiple lists. Are you going to up that this year? Or because you know, I want to push you to like 5,000 a week at least, but what are, what are your thoughts around that? Oh man, if if it if it's gonna lead to bigger deals, absolutely, man. Let's let's buckle up. Let's get it going. I am. I love it. So good, good, good. All right. So listen, I want to ask you. There's a lot of people who you're a year ahead of them, and they might be thinking, "Oh man, it's too late. People aren't gonna sell their homes for a discount anymore. They don't, you know, get divorced or inherit property or lose their jobs anymore." Which, of course, guys, is not true, right? So it's never too late. You could get into wholesaling right now. 
what are some of the resources that you would recommend for new people who are just starting out, some books, some resources? What, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I would say because actually when, when we go to some of the local RIA meetings, I actually have people come up to me and ask me that kind of stuff too. And what I always tell people is you just have to be persistent and have faith. There are going to be times when there could be like three deals in a row that just don't go your way. But you have to be persistent. You can't let something uh, knock you down. You got to get right back up, you know, fall down seven, get up eight kind of thing. I always recommend that if something happens to you, it is what it is. You can't change maybe the situation that it is, but you can always change what's going on in the future. So if you get beat up, get right back up and keep on going at it. I think that is really key. I just want to impress upon everybody that it's absolutely true what David just said. It's the persistence. But you see, the reason he has the persistence, because the first time he said it, he said it was persistence and faith. You see, it's very, very difficult to have persistence if you don't have faith, right? So I, I love what Jim Carrey says, you know, hope walks through the fire, faith that leaps over it, right? So by the way, if you haven't seen Jim Carrey's uh, speech at his alma mater, he did a college speech. Yep. He was um, It was an amazing speech. Um, mm -hmm. But I will tell you that 100% correct. You have to know who you are and you have to know that this does work and that people do sell property at a discount. The reality is, is if I kidnapped your family and I said your ransom is to find a discounted property or a homeowner who wants to sell at a discount, the reality is you would stop listening to this podcast, you would stop learning how to wholesale, and you would just go find a seller who's ready to sell their home at a massive discount. If it's one out of 100, one out of 200, one out of 1,000, you would find them right now. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. You would have a deal by nine o'clock tonight because you wouldn't care if you look silly talking to people. You would go to the grocery store, the movie theater, out in the street. You would talk to everybody that you met and say, hey, I'm, a, I'm an investor. I'm looking for a good deal. I can pay all cash. I can buy as is, but I, it needs to be a good price. Are you selling your home? No, I'm not selling my home. Do you know anybody who is selling their home? No, right? Yes, maybe. That you would rally people to help you. You'd put up signs and you'd rally other people to help you because if the ransom is to get a deal, to get your loved one back from a kidnapper, that's what you would do. I think the difference is when you have the faith that David is talking about, it's the difference between trying to do a deal and making a deal happen. When you want it, when you're sick and tired of just like David, he had a job and then he quit and his priorities went in order. That's what it takes. You've got to get up and you got to just get off Facebook and you got to just go get a deal. They are out there. You guys, we have so many podcast episodes of so many people who have done so many deals, millions and millions of dollars in assignments. The deals are out there. You're surrounded by them right now. David, you tell me if, if you disagree, but I want you guys to understand listening that you must realize the only reason you don't have a deal right now is because you don't want a deal bad enough. When you want a deal bad enough, more than you care what other people think about you, more than what you believe your limited resources are, when you decide that it's going to take all of your time, energy, focus, money, attention, resources, laser focused on just finding a seller who wants to sell at 40, 50, or 60 cents on the dollar, you will find that seller. Nothing can stop you, but you've got to get up and you got to do it. You got to leave the house today and go meet belly to belly with people and go and make that happen today. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. In the end, it's what it's what you believe. Orlando's been um, one of the top ten hottest markets for I think about three or four years now. So yeah, there's always going to be competition here. But 
if you have the you know the mindset that of course there's always going to be competition but if there's competition that must mean that there's a lot out there right. so the persistency and and faith that stuff is going to work for you if you keep on going at it it'll happen there's people doing deals in miami there's people doing deals in new orleans atlanta i mean you can talk about every major city chicago los angeles there's people everywhere that you can't just use your city as an excuse uh, i believe that that at one point when when I first started, I was like, oh, Orlando is such a big city. There's so much competition. And then I started hearing about people doing deals in Los Angeles. I saw people in right. San Diego, Newport, all these places where you, you hear about California, that they have more houses and they have water. And so right. <laughs> it's just crazy that, you know, as long as your mindset is about what you're doing, then it's going to work. I, I totally agree. In every major city you just mentioned and many others, we have students, tribe members, we have rhinos doing deals and there is no competition. There's only collaboration. Have an abundance mindset. Understand that you have two five-gallon buckets and there's and you could go to the ocean every day and draw from it. You don't have a thimble and everyone's drawing from a puddle. You can absolutely do this. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about David. The only difference is that we've made the decision not to try to do it, but to do it. Just like David said, he quit his job and he just right out of the gate, he hit the street. He didn't know what he was doing. Massive, imperfect action. Progress, not perfection. Sense of urgency. Speed of implementation. Reading every day. Tithing on every penny you get. All the rules of this are so simple. If you follow the rules, if you're a truth teller and a truth seeker, this will be such an amazing way to have true financial freedom in a really, really short amount of time. Anyway, I don't want to go off on a tangent today, but I just happened to <laughs> have gotten, we have our, our director of good news and the testimonial that came in today about the guy who did the two deals just from listening to the podcast. I can't think of his name. He literally just, he just joined the, the tribe today and he gave us a testimonial because he said, but you know, the, the bottom line guys is that if, if. I can do it and David could do it and Cody could do it and Brent Daniels could do it and all these people and all these rhinos, we could all do it. You can do it. So let's make it happen. Let's do it today. Let's let's end this podcast right now and let's do it. But before we do, another resource, I know you're a reader because wealthy people talk about books the way poor people talk about movies. So give us one, two, three books, whatever you think is a, is a game-changing book that will get immediate results, especially for the people who are hearing you and you're resonating with, which your people are just starting out what would you say are some really great resources as far as good reads go? So I started reading a lot more in the last two years. And I've certainly read more books in the last two years than I ever have probably in school. Um, yep. I was probably a little bit more natural and I could I could float by and make sure I got uh, some pretty good grades in, in school. But man, it has kind of consumed my life to take over books. And it has been great. One that I love reading. I've read it twice now. And I'm probably going to read it a thousand more times. And it's The One Thing by Gary Keller. Oh, um, I love it. <laughs> it is so good. Anytime that you feel like you're getting off the path, man, just ask yourself that one focusing question and you will get right back on path and you'll just rhino through anything of that day. Every single successful mentor that I follow has this or says this a different way. Gary Keller says the one thing. Mike McCallowitz says the pumpkin plant. Scott Alexander from Rhinoceros Success, he says charge at one thing at a time. Every successful person, poor people, what do they say? Be well-rounded. Be good at, you know, be a little bit good at a lot of different things. Diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. What do wealthy people, financially independent people say? Exact 
opposite. Don't be well-rounded. You find something that works, go all in on one thing. You know, you find a specialty, go all in. Focus on one thing at a time completely. Like we said before, time, energy, focus, money, attention, resources, all of it. When you charge at two things at the same time, or like David just said, Gary Keller's the one thing, think of it, always think of it as a magnifying glass. So you have it on a leaf if you were a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout, or if you were doing what you shouldn't have been doing, which is starting fires in the forest, if you have a magnifying glass pointed at one spot on a leaf and you want to try to set a spark, but then you keep moving that magnifying glass, what you don't realize is every time you move that magnifying glass to another spot, the first spot is getting cooler. It doesn't remain at the same temperature. It's exactly like you. If you are trying to charge at two things at once, it's not 50-50. It's more like 20-20. A big part of you gets lost in that movement. One thing at a time. David, I great reminder. One of my most favorite books. I love it and it is absolutely, that book is a true game changer. Awesome. And any other books? I know you have a few, so uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, one that we always recommend in the tribe is, you know, the four spiritual laws of prosperity. Um, I am actually, I think I reached out to you about it. I'm rereading it again because uh, I felt like I wanted to re- revisit a lot of those kind of principles. And that is a great book, man. It is it is so well written and it's coming from somebody who started with nothing, had it, lost it and refocused and, you know, gave to the right things. I think that's where you probably got a lot of your tithing concepts. Yes. And it's been, it's been great. I I will say it's that book. I always tell everybody and I say, you know, if you notice, if you really are a longtime listener of the show, you will notice that I never, ever, ever give out the four spiritual laws of prosperity. I never give them out what they are. Except for tithing. I always talk about tithing because I, right. I do attribute the majority of my success. I know for sure it has, it's absolutely tithing. There's no doubt. And as a matter of fact, you can do everything that we talk about on this podcast and in the course and completely fail and get zero results except for tithing. Tithing will work 100% of the time, all of the time. But if you notice, I never, I always want to encourage everybody should read that book. 100% it's a game changer. But the reason I don't talk about what the four spiritual laws are is because I want people to stay curious. I want people to go and find out So, what the other three are besides tithing because it, yep. the book will change your life. I, I totally agree. And it's a quick read. It is oh, a yeah. quick read. I mean, if you want to tackle 10 pages or a chapter a day, I mean, you'll get that done in, in under a month, and easily did, under a month. Did you read it or did you listen to it on Audible? I read it and now yeah. I am rereading it. You guys, did you see, right? What did he just, what did David just say? He read it. I understand Audible is great and audiobooks are amazing and I love audiobooks. I have, I don't even know how many titles. It's ridiculous. I have tons. I'm listening all the time, but reading builds different muscles. It builds different connections in your brain. When we are recommending books, try to read the book. I'm going to produce a video and a podcast on how to read a lot of books in a short amount of time because I found a little trick and I will release that very soon. But that book is literally, I don't even, what is it? Like not even a hundred pages. It's such a tiny book. You could, you could read it. Yeah. You know, in a, in a day or two, not even, it's a game changer. So very, very Mm -hmm. cool. And any other books that, that you'd recommend? Uh, yeah, actually, I'll, I'll go with one more. And this guy's a little bit out of the wheelhouse. It's uh, it's Grant Cardone, and it's his new book that he made. And it's Be Obsessed or Be Average. And yes. that one is another one about great mentality. If anybody knows about Grant Cardone, he is a very in-your-face, type-A kind of guy. I can relate to a, a lot of it, but some of it I, I, I can't. And, and I like that 
on the audiobook. I, I will confess this one was an audiobook, but I've re-listened to it now twice as well. And that one's all about mentality and it gets you fired up, man. It gets you going. And so I, I always recommend people, if you're a little bit down, you read that. And if you don't know where you're going, read the one thing. And those two things can probably get you through 90% of the day. I, I totally agree. I, I listened to uh, Be Obsessed or Be Average, that one from Grant Cardone on. He has another one too. I can't. The name is gives me i think it was both that i but but it was also on audio and there are some awesome books on audio another one is mm -hmm. um audible is fantastic for the grant cardone i totally agree yeah. i want his voice you know in my brain the other one is ryan holiday which is called um the obstacle is the way the obstacle is the way by ryan holiday yeah. is another great book that if i would i want to hear that one because it's i think i learned it a little bit differently so yeah, I agree. So awesome books. David, you're a rock star. How many deals are we going to do this year? Because we got to double. We got to at least double it. So you're going to lean on the tribe, right? We're going to double that. We're going to double that number? At least. Let's get it, man. All right, brother. I'm counting on you. I'm going to hold you accountable to that. So thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure speaking with you. And I hope this can help out a lot of other people. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. Thanks again. Enjoy the day. Keep us posted. And we'll go from there. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks again, David. Have a good one, guys. All right. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.